What is up, dudes? I'm back. Another episode of Modern Meta Breakdown. And I know, I look a little different. I look like the fake Nan Man, but I actually am the real Nan Man. I promise you. Uh, so we're back at it with some more Modern Meta Breakdown. A little bit of delay since our last episode, because I ended up moving. That's why our background looks a little bit different uh, back there. But yep, we are back at it. And we got a really fun deck to talk about this week. This is one of those decks that... I played in like the first iteration of it when it first started popping up. People were trying out this hardened scales affinity style back when like Snake had just come out, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, let's throw this Snake in there with this cool hardened scales, and we'll just have all the counters." And it was like a green black version, and now it's kind of streamlined into this more resilient, more powerful mono green artifact. It's often called hardened scales affinity because well, it's pretty much just an affinity deck, but, you know, with hardened scales in it and just that sort of kind of go wide, go power mode. Let's power up real big. So we're going to be talking about that deck this week, and let's hop right into it, guys, because that's what we're here for. Boom. Let's get going, shall we? All right. So we're going to be talking about hardened scales affinity. Talk about our creatures first. So let's hop into it. So going th over things the deck is called hardened scales affinity it gets its name of course from the, the enchantment hardened scales if one or more plus one counters would be put on a creature you control that many plus one counters plus one more <laughs> is put on instead so basically if you're going to put one counter you put two simple easy right everyone understand that cool um so we've got like the the main creatures that you would think about right all right so we got some hanger backs in here um, we've got our Arcbound, and of course, the big man himself, the Walking Ballista. So how does this deck work? As you can see, all of the creatures that I have popped up here, um, they are all designed to have plus one counters put on them. Um, so the objective as the decks like the game plan that it wants to do is it wants to be able to have a hardened scales out and then play some of these artifact guys that you normally put a counter on it and just kind of make them really big right you can do some crazy modular stuff in this deck as well but uh, i have arcbound worker pulled up on the right hand side because this is a fine one drop if you are sadly not having a hardened scales uh, throwing this down on turn one is pretty nice having a modular one so it's just a one one for one but because of that modular when it dies you can put it's plus one plus one counter on target artifact creature so nice little shenanigan action that can go along with that everyone should be familiar with arcbound ravager that's the of course two mana for one because it has that modular one you get a sack an artifact put a plus one counter on arcbound ravager so if you sack that arcbound worker to the Arcbound Ravager, you essentially get net an extra counter, and he'll get two counters on him. So that is that nice little interaction that you have available. Hanging Back Walker, of course, from Origins. People should be familiar with it. Um, it's got that XX in its mana cost, just like Walking Ballista. But where he differs from Walking Ballista is that when um, he dies, he makes a bunch of Thopters, right? They're flying, so you can go for that evasive style of play. Um, you could also activate him for one mana, tapping him to add a counter onto Hangerback Walker to make him bigger. Uh, Walking Ballista is all about dealing damage and it costs four to add an extra counter on it. So one of the nice 
aspects of this deck like original affinity is that it can go and switch gears from that kind of go wide to that pure style and one of the ways that it can do that is with this hanger back walker right so you can be able to say you know what i'm gonna just make him really big and now i've got a bunch of one ones flying at you all right now i'm going super wide or if need be hey i've got one Thopter coming at you, and he's going to kind of come at you, or I'll be swinging in with Arcbound Ravager and the Walker, and, oh, you're blocking the Arcbound Ravager, I can start sacking and doing some shenanigans, making him bigger, and if I need to, I can even sack the Arcbound Ravager to itself and move that modular over onto Hangerback Walker, and you can be able to sneak in some wins there. This is a snowball-style deck where it can get really big really fast, um, and so one of the ways that it does that is these kind of enablers and we're going to talk a little bit about the enablers that the deck has so um let's move slightly away from our creatures for a second because we got some fun ones to talk about so goodbye hangerback walker goodbye walking ballista and goodbye arcbound ravager yep so we've got one other creature to talk about in here that we hadn't talked about but it kind of goes in that lump of enablers right the steel overseer here two mana for one one tap it put a plus one counter on each artifact creature you control so that goes along with that go wide strategy that we talked about and if you let that stay on the battlefield things are going to go wrong for you so be careful about that guys it gets out of hand super quick now these other two artifacts that are sitting up at the top might be stuff you're not familiar with right this throne of geth right that might be something that you're thinking what is this all about sack an artifact and then proliferate and i will never pronounce that correctly <laughs> you choose any number of permanents and or players with counters on them and then give each another one of those counters so if for example you're starting to go that pierce route with your ink moth and your opponent happens to have a poison counter well guess what you've sacked an artifact they get another poison counter not only that all of your artifacts that are creatures that might have plus one counters on them that you've been building up right those hanger backs those arcbound workers the arcbound ravagers the uh, walking ballistas all of those guys are going to get more counters now this works really well because you can sack things like the hanger back to it right and now you have a bunch of one ones all right you can sack things like the arcbound worker get that modular trigger and hey everybody gets extra counters the other one is that animation module Whenever one or more plus one counters are placed on a permanent you control, you can pay one and create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo. So it doesn't fly, but it's just an artifact creature. Again, kind of goes along with being able to help with throne. Also, it kind of keeps you in the game, right? Then you can pay three, choose a counter on target permanent, and give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. So again, it can help with if you're going poison route or also if you just want to make a guy a little bit bigger right you have the mana to sink into it why not but this ability to continually make guys later on is huge one of the things that the deck might suffer from is that if you start dealing with its engine right the arcbound ravenger the walking ballistas the hangerbacks things like this dealers you're messing with these really powerful cards the deck is like, ah, oh, I've got some Arcbound workers, right? Um, eh, okay, that's not that great of a card, but being able to say, hey, Arcbound worker entered the battlefield, I put a plus one counter on it, right? I get to pay one mana, and now I have a servo to go with it. 
So later on, these weaker cards like Arcbound Worker now become more value off the animation module. So really cool card to add into it. So we've got those as our kind of enablers help the deck out. We want to get these extra counters. Protection, Welding Jar, right? I like that there's three in the main for this list. You are seeing variations on that number between two, three, you know, something like that. But it's a really nice safe card to be running. Um, you know, Sack, Welding Jar, Regenerate Target Artifact. So it works out really well. Uh, we did talk about Hardened Scales, Corsairs 4 of the namesake of the deck. Works really well. Um, Mox Opal, it's Affinity, guys. Why would you not be running Mox Opal? Super great. Uh, Ancient Stirrings, you can find everything in the deck except Hardened Scales. Seems great. And with this list, Evolutionary Leap, which we'll talk about in a sec. But really, it's just like, hey, I can find the land I need. I can find a creature that I need. I can find... You know, maybe that Throne of Geth later on. All these great stuff. So, really great. Makes sense that it's running. People talk about it. It's one of the best cards in Magic. And for good reason. It's a powerful card. Um, so, we've got Evolutionary Elite. Now, I've seen lists that are not running it. I've seen lists that are running it. I, it's one of those I want to stay in the game. And if I'm playing against a deck that has a lot of board wipes, a lot of removal, this is a way to stay in the game. Sack a creature, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card, put that card into your hand, the rest go to the bottom of your library in random order. Right? So this is that, oh, you're going to try to kill off my stuff. Nah, that's okay. I'm going to sack it. Also, it is a enabler in a way. It's like enabler adjacent. Because of that sack effect, you want these sort of abilities to move your plus one counters around. Right? So you want ways to potentially kill off your hangerback walkers. You want ways to mess with your arcbound workers, right? These sort of things are really important. So having this evolutionary leap as a slot that can move those is really important. And you get value of finding a creature. So really, really nice. Um, talk about the land base briefly here. Uh, Darkseal, yes, of course. Again, a lot of these lands, the ability to be an artifact or already are an artifact, do work really well with that Arcbound Ravager, so you can do those manipulations and stuff. Nine forests for this list. Uh, again, it's you know some variations on that number, but most of the lists are running close to that because the the Ancient Stirrings, Evolutionary Leap, Hardened Scales. You have these green stuff that having a turn one forest can be quite relevant. So. You, you want to have a good amount of those in there. Um, just the Singleton Blink Maw. Again, it's not really the hard and fast affinity list where it needs as much threat as possible. Um, it, it can just get out of hand really crazy early on. So just having the one of. Also, the ability to make one of your Blink Moths a little bit better by giving it plus one, plus one plays very nicely with the Ink Moth, right? So that's, that's pretty nice there. So again, that Infect ability, going that Pierce route. And then the Singleton Pendlehaven there. Green, cool. A, some of those creatures that might not have any manipulation. Maybe you're playing against a heavy removal and your Arcbound only has one counter on it. You want to try to save it and you don't have any artifacts. Guess what? You can use Pendlehaven. Same thing with like the Workers. Maybe your Hangerback Walker, your Steel Overseer, Walking Ballista. Things haven't really gotten up and running. So you need a way to help protect that. That's what the... That's where the Pendlehaven comes in. And then the Horizon Canopy, Value Land, 
I've seen lists that are running more than one. I've seen some that run as many as three. Um, really, you can sit there and gain the, those card advantages later on. So, so nice. Um, and hey, you can make green mana lose a life. Not that big a deal. Yeah, it can be annoying, but it's you'll be all right. Alright, so that's why this list is running one. I've seen as much as three. It's pretty powerful. Sideboard, let's talk about real quick. Dampening Sphere. Hey, it's a great card, guys. If you have not seen it yet, it works out really well. You know, anti-tron stuff. And then this second clause underneath of it. Each spell a player casts costs one more to cast for each other spell that player has cast this turn. Works out very, very well. Definitely has an effect on something like Storm and things like that. So, um... That, that are trying to play a lot of spells in a single turn. So really, really nice card. I love having four of Grafdigger's Cage. There are a lot of graveyard stuff running around, and we will be talking about a newer graveyard deck next week, guys. I'm sure you guys have seen it running around, so keep your eyes peeled for why that is super important. But, you know, there's a lot of graveyard stuff running around. Preventing creatures from coming from the graveyard is very relevant in modern, as well as the players can't have cards enter from their libraries right that's also another important thing the can't cast cards in their graveyard hey i can't cast creatures i can't flash back stuff really nice especially with all the control but if there's any coco running around or you know any decks along those lines counter company you can mess with them in that way um, an extra evolutionary leap again we talked about how it's really beneficial against a lot of removal being able to kind of gain that value and okay you're going to try to one for one me but it kind of doesn't work out that way because i'm just going to gain value off of this to dismember removal's great nature's claim all star in the sideboard here um, not only as a way to deal with pesky artifacts that could be running around maybe you playing the mirror but it is relevant for killing your own stuff, right? Being able to kill something, move those plus ones around. Also, if you're playing against a deck like Burn or a very fast deck, you have that way to gain life. So, very relevant. Surgical Extraction, so good, so good. Uh, again, you could be playing against a combo deck or something along those lines, stripping away a lot of cards. Really, really nice. Um, there is one other list that I wanted to highlight real quick that had just a slight sideboard change that I wanted to highlight. Otherwise, the list is pretty much the same, um, more or less here. But this Karn in here, I really like it. Um, reveal the top two cards of your library, and your opponent gets to choose one of them. Then put that card into your hand and exile the other with that whole silver counter on it. Then you can do minus one and put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. Seems pretty good. Just sort of that kind of card advantage there. Or that neg two, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Your deck is full of artifacts. That guy can get really big. So, and then with all the manipulation that your deck can do, seems like a great one to have in the sideboard. So I do recommend you guys looking into this sort of list. Um, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about here on Modern Meta Breakdown is how to stop a deck like this, ways to kind of deal with it. So um, if you have access to white, Stony Silence works out really, really well. When we think about it and we talk about ways to shut down activated abilities, you know what? Arcbound Ravenger, being able to sack an artifact, that's an activated ability. Steel Overseer, tapping it, 
There's a colon right there. That's an activated ability. Okay. Even the walking ballista, activated ability to add counters to it. Removing a counter. Guess what? There's a colon right there. So that is also one. So pretty much everything the deck is running, even the hanger back, right? The deck is just full of activated abilities. So that's why it does run all these nature's claims to kind of help it out in those sort of situations that are running into it. Again, artifact removal works out really well. Um, the pure just removal in general, if you can start nailing down those threats as soon as they're played, that really puts a damper on the deck. It needs that time to set up. It's got that, like the first few turns are pretty lame for the deck where it's like, all right, here's this, here's that, cool. Uh, and then it's like that turn three, turn four, where things just can get really bonkers, especially if left alone and you're not really having your opponent interact with you. Like, it, you know, the deck can really take off running. So it's a super powerful deck. Um, again, it has that ability to switch between going wide and that's kind of single target pierce style of play. Both are really, really good. Um, I do recommend that you guys doing some testing with it. It's powerful if you have the cards, play it. I'm sadly not having the Mox Opals, uh, but I really love the old version of it and really like this newer, more streamlined version. So definitely powerful stuff. And if you are going to bigger events, you're gonna see this. Like if you've been watching any of the modern coverage, you've been seeing this list and this deck pop around. So good stuff. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. So let's pop back over and we'll do quick little sign out chat 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 as we get going there we go oh i left a card nobody wants you here anymore all right there we go okay so again thanks so much for tuning in and watching guys i will be getting back into more of the modern meta breakdown but we are also streaming every monday twitch.tv slash modern magic monday so if you want to see weekly modern coverage you can check it out there i'm also starting to do more streaming over on my channel every saturday for sure you'll be seeing me up twitch.tv slash the real name man and you can see all the links to all the channel stuff down below but if you like this video please hit those follow subscribes all those kind of good stuff um and i'll see you guys next game